Welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us on this Pride Sunday. Let us join our hearts and our minds together with our ensemble as we sing together, God Made From One Blood. Well, good morning. I am so happy to be here on the steps with two of my favorite people that I don't get to see very often. I'm here with Tallulah and Tiernan, and they are part of our church family. If you've been part of our church family, you've, you've known them for years. We've watched them grow up. We've watched them move away. But then we get to see them come back every summer. So it's really good to have you up here. You know, when I was your age, I would spend my summers in New Jersey. 
And some people would say like, what, New Jersey? You're from California, why would you go to New Jersey? But my relatives all live there. And two of my uh, relatives built a house in the middle of the woods, which was very different than California. And I would love to spend my summers with my cousins because they, to me, were just the coolest people. I just thought they were my heroes and they were fun and they were different and I didn't see them all year long. And I loved spending time with them. Do you have any favorite relatives, like kind of your extended family, anybody that you like to spend time with? Tiernan, you want to go first? Too many to actually explain about because we barely even have any family in Tennessee. But I like to see um, our godfather, Arnie. And... In our main family, we have my cousin, mm -hmm. Zan, and there are many more people. I love that you have so many that it's hard to name them all that you like. What about you, Tallulah? Do you have any favorite relatives? I don't really have a favorite, but like if I were going to say kind of a favorite grouping, I'd say my cousins. cousins. Yeah. yeah, cousins are great. Cousins are a gift from God. So today's lesson that we're t talking about today in church and, and the scripture we're reading, Jesus basically says our family, our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, it, it extends beyond just the family that we were born into. That it, it, it is bigger than that and it includes all of our family that's in our faith family. And so when I think about family, I also think about some of my really close friends that are part of my community, my faith community. I think about the people here at church that I'm raising my, my kid with and that I am experiencing life with. And so outside of like the family you were born into, do you have other people that you call family? I had an aunt. She was called Aunt Janice. She was Japanese American. She wasn't part of my family I was born into, but she was my mom's best friend. And so growing up, she was part of my family, even though we weren't like had we had no blood in common. So, do you have any family that you consider that is not part of your like family you were born into? Like, um, I'd say I have my uh, new aunt, Mayo. Yeah, she's really nice, and I really like her. That's awesome. Aunt, it's great to have aunt. I like how you say aunt. That's cool. You sound really very formal. How about you? Anybody uh, that you would consider part of your family that's not your like blood family? My godfather, Arnie, and um, I, I, I don't know. Um. And we, I'll just tell you your answer. Your answer is all of us here. Um, and then there's some, um, someone else named Amarellis. Amarellis, wow, that's a cool name. We are so fortunate to have not just the family we were born into, but to have this extended wide family, both, and you have it here, and you have it in Tennessee. You're very lucky, and it's really, yeah, but you will, you'll grow you'll soon. It takes a while to develop, right? Um, we, we're actually having family move to Tennessee. Oh, you're so lucky. That's wonderful. I'm very blessed. Well, thank you for visiting us every summer. We're always so happy to have you, and thanks for being on the steps with me. Can we pray together? God, we are so grateful for the families that you have given us and then the families that uh, we have chosen. And we thank you for Tiernan and for Tallulah and their parents and that they're a part of our family no matter how far away they might move. And this church family, uh, that it extends beyond just the folks who are here in our seats every Sunday. People who walk in this door, make connections and move away. God, it's just good to know that we're still part of a family together tied together because of our faith in you. 
Um, help us to always be welcoming new folks into this family, to have our doors and our hearts wide open. And thank you for that this is a church that seeks to be one that has uh, the message that all are welcomed, and we really mean it. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you both. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you with humble gratitude, undeserving of your unconditional love and in awe of your unending mercy. Mother of creation, as the weather warms and we spend more time in your creation, we're reminded of the beauty you have surrounded us with and the intricacies of your amazing creation. Our brother, Jesus, in you, we have a family that extends beyond the one we were born into. You have knit together a family of believers that spans generations, continents, races, and cultures. For our HUMC family here, we give you much thanks. What a community you have created here where all are truly welcome. For so, many of, uh, so, for so many of us, God, this has been a place of healing from wounds inflicted by other communities of faith. It has been a place we have learned to fully embrace who, God, you made us to be. It is a faith family where we can use our gifts, find support, and grow in our faith. During this month of pride, when we celebrate the incredible diversity of your creation, we ask you to continue to allow our community to be a beacon of light, that you, God, love all of your creation, that you accept us, you honor our love for ourselves and for others, and you bless our relationships. We pray that our world would grow more fully reflective of your love and embrace of all people. We ask for the end of hatred, the growth of respect, and the expansion of love. And now together, we pray the prayer that you taught your followers to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We are so glad you have joined us this morning. Reverend Denise is off today. She is with her church family in Ojai at the Ojai UMC, so we wish her well this morning. We have two special events coming up next weekend, the first of which is very sad for us as a community of faith, as a family. Uh, we will be celebrating the life of Emilio Urioste, who is a longtime member of this church. That will be at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary, and I will be speaking more about that in the sermon. The second 
is bittersweet. We rejoice in Reverend Denise. It's going to be Reverend Denise Day uh, next Sunday. We'll have a great drive-through celebration for her, or you can come and drive through and you know, offer her your best wishes as she goes to her new appointment, effective July 1, uh, to part-time to uh, part at Crescenta Valley United Methodist Church and as Associate Director for Justice and Compassion Ministries part-time uh, on our conference staff. So uh, please plan to come by and, and wish Denise well uh, and just thank her for all that she has done for us here. We're grateful to you for you are the ones who make ministry happen here through your prayers, your presence, your service, your, your witness, and your financial gifts. So I pray that you will be able to continue to support us financially for we still are struggling. Um, you know, we're not completely back yet. So every time you can make a donation to us, it helps us ex not just continue, but expand our ministries both in person eventually in September and online. May God bless you. Happy Pride Month. I'm Los Angeles controller Ron Galperin. And as LA's first out and proud citywide elected official, I'm so honored to be part of Hollywood United Methodist Church's Pride Worship Service this weekend. I'd like to thank Reverend Kathy for her leadership of this congregation and her advocacy for LGBTQ plus people and issues. You are an inspiration and an example to us all. After a year of so many challenges, it feels good to take some time out for a celebration, especially for Pride. But we know challenges still exist. Homophobia, transphobia, racism, anti-Semitism, sexism, and xenophobia are still very much with us. We saw this during the pandemic when communities of color were hit hardest, and when the movement for racial justice ignited necessary dialogue and action in LA and throughout the country over how to confront systematic inequality and to prioritize inclusion. I'm proud of how our LGBTQ community has been at the forefront in fighting for more just and equitable world. Our lives were outlawed. Our community was ravaged by AIDS. Even today, too many LGBTQ people live in fear and risk of being beaten and killed. Our trans family too often faces violence and discrimination today, but we have both great reason and great responsibility to work to assure recognition and rights of all people. If not for pride and the work and voices of activists and allies who came before me, I wouldn't have the freedom to be married to my wonderful husband, Zach, and we wouldn't have our two incredible children. And I certainly wouldn't be in my elective office. There's also a special role played by people of faith and our communities of faith. My husband's a rabbi and his congregation celebrates pride with a special service much like this one. And we're grateful for Hollywood United Methodist Church having been at the vanguard. May the work of this congregation continue to be a blessing. On behalf of the city of LA, thank you Reverend Kathy for bringing us together and for welcoming all people into your community of faith with open arms. That is the ongoing mission in which you have excelled and for which you have my deepest gratitude and appreciation. We have much work to do, 
but I know together we can shape a better world today and for future generations. Thank you. God is 
A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. Then they went home, and the crowd came together again, so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Praise be to God. Welcome to Pride Month at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are all created in God's good image, and it is in God that we live and move and have our being. During this Pride Month, we are celebrating that God loves all of us without exception, and that each of us, lesbian, gay, straight, trans, queer, non-binary, is fearfully and wonderfully made. Last Sunday, we began our Pride Sermon Series by talking about compassion and inclusion and how God is grieved when our actions, both personally and collectively, reflect a hardness of heart towards others. Today we are focusing on family. Not focus on the family, that's a whole different thing. But rather, we're focusing on how Jesus teaches us to define family. We continue on from last week in the third chapter of Mark. Jesus was experiencing growing crowds surrounding him in his ministry. Now, already in Mark's gospel, Jesus has been baptized by John, spent 40 days in the wilderness. He's been to the sea twice, to the synagogue and the grain fields, and up the mountain where he gathered the 12 disciples around him. Everywhere Jesus has gone, he has been teaching about God's love and desperate clouds, crowds have been surrounding him, begging for healing, 
begging to be released from the demons that held them captive. In last week's reading, Jesus declared himself the Lord of the Sabbath, and that didn't really endear him to the religious authorities. And they were being less than helpful, picking at Jesus and at everything he said. They said he was breaking the rules about healing on the Sabbath, eating with tax collectors and sinners, and not fasting as they should. In other words, Jesus was finding it more lawful to meet human need than to let human suffering go on unnecessarily. Jesus understood the heart of God's law. But even though Jesus wanted to keep a frenetic pace, knowing that his time on earth was very limited, he needed to take a break to stop and to recharge. Friends went to get him, Mark tells us, and bring him home for a spell. The crowds follow and they surround the house. The temple scribes come too, likely waiting to see what Jesus is going to do next and spreading the rumors that his healings are all black magic and of the devil, not of God. Matt Skinner from Luther Seminary writes, those scribes were theological heavyweights. They represent the authority and the theological wisdom of the temple establishment. The same establishment whose leaders will ensure that Pilate crushes Jesus at the end of the book. Now, probably all Jesus wanted to do was have dinner in peace and get a good night's sleep. But the crowds have pressed around him so closely that Jesus barely has any room at the table to sit and eat. Now, inevitably, at least pre-COVID, what happens when we sit down to a nice family meal? Either the telephone rings or there's a knock at the door. And there was a knock at the door in this case. But this time, it was Jesus' mother and his brothers. They were under, they were not able to understand why he had been acting out in their minds to this way. They, they criticized Jesus in their own way and they only meant to love him, but they really did think he'd gone over the deep end, that he'd lost his marbles, or as the text says, he's out of his mind. It's only the beginning of Jesus's ministry, really, and already his very presence has caused all sorts of wailing and gnashing of teeth. Kate Huey writes, at this crowded little meal, with the crowd noisily pressing on the door outside, we find Jesus, tired and hungry and stressed being pushed to his limit by judgmentalism and mean-spiritedness embodied by the small-minded and insecure people around him. And then she says, the grace of God might just be too powerful, too amazing for some of us to comprehend. Well, back to Jesus' mother and brothers who had come to fetch him. The Greek word that Mark uses translates into arrest. It's the same word that's used later in the gospel when Jesus is handed over to the Roman authorities. When Jesus is told that they have arrived, he doesn't go out to greet them, nor does he invite them in. Now, that doesn't imply that he doesn't love them or that he doesn't respect them or that he doesn't appreciate their concern for him because it was not easy for them to make their way to Jesus, and he knows that. 
He knows they love him. And he knows that they are worried about his welfare if he continues to what the religious authorities say, that he continues to break the law. But Jesus also knows that one day they're going to get it. They will get that he has come not to break the law, but to fulfill the law. And in so doing, Jesus brings a radical notion as to who is inside God's kingdom and who is outside of it. Following the letter of the law doesn't ensure that you are in or that you are out. What matters is how you love one another as God commands us and as Lafayette sang about so well. Indeed, obedience is thicker than blood. Those inside the house, those around the table are the family of Jesus and of us. Debbie Thomas writes, can you picture the scene? Outside the house stand the insiders, the religious folk, the pious, the careful. They think they have God pinned down. They don't know what the Holy Spirit is supposed to look like, but Jesus sure doesn't fit the bill. Inside the house sit the tax collectors, the misfits, the rejects, the prostitutes. They're not interested in dogma or piety. They just need love. And they have found it in a man who heals the sick and feeds the hungry. And in the midst of them, smack in the center of the sick, the insane, the deviant, the hungry, the unorthodox, and the unwashed, that's where Jesus is saying, this, this is my family. We are family together. You see, Jesus does not reject the institution of family. He just opens up its meaning, expands it, reframes it. In this new and improved way of experiencing family, it doesn't matter if you're a theological heavyweight, if you're a religious expert or a perfect person. It doesn't matter who your mother or father is or what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, gay or straight, old or young, rich or poor, completely able-bodied or not, one race or ethnic group or another. What matters is your commitment to love God and to love others and follow the way of the Christ. To see the face of God in each person we meet because we each have been made in the image of God. Say amen at home. One person in our family here at Hollywood United Methodist who did just that was our beloved brother Emilio Urioste, who was diagnosed with leukemia last summer and passed from this life into life eternal on June 4th. Emilio was the director of the Burbank Adult School. Prior to that, he had been a Spanish teacher and a principal at John Burroughs High School in Burbank. He was a longtime member here who, despite living out in the Santa Clarita area, was in church almost every Sunday, sitting just a few rows right there, a few rows in front of Bishop Swinson and Jeff. Emilio treasured this church, this congregation, and this family, and he had a deep desire to see us grow in numbers and in faith. He also had the heart of a servant. One November, he volunteered to help with our mega day of hanging the greens and decorating the sanctuary for Advent 
and doing our annual Thanksgiving dinner on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But his specific volunteer request was that he wanted to be in the kitchen helping to clean up the meal after everything was over. That's what's known as servant leadership. When you are a great leader because your heart's desire is to serve one another, just as Jesus taught us. I'm sure his style of servant leadership is why he is so beloved in the Burbank School District and by all those who knew him. His memorial service will be held here in the sanctuary next Saturday at 11 a.m. We will be seating people to keep them socially distanced and masks will be required. Now, if you'd like to send a card to Jacob, you can do so by sending it here at the church in, in uh, just 6817 Franklin, LA 928. You can send it to my attention and just put on the outside of the card for Jacob and I'll make sure that he gets that card. Above all, I pray that you will hold Jacob and Emilio's brother and sister in your prayers during these days of grief and mourning. Holding up one another, serving one another, loving one another unconditionally. This is the radical redefinition of family that Jesus offers us. One which we here at Hollywood UMC embrace not only the month of June during Pride, but every day of the year. We sadly know though that unconditional acceptance and love is not everyone's experience, either in church or within one's biological family. So if you have been rejected by your family because of who you are or whom you love, know this. For anyone who will have to deal with unsupportive family this Pride Month, Congratulations, I'm your family now. We are your family now. Stay hydrated, eat your veggies, and support yourself. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You see, that's just another way of saying I love you. You are family to me. You are my beloved child, God says, in whom I am well pleased. If you hear nothing else this morning, hear those words. You are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And this is your family. Some years ago, I was privileged to hear in person a sermon by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. As an aside that week, uh, that same week, um, Father Tutu had spoken to the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland and had urged them to support gay clergy. He had said, in this family there are no outsiders, there are only insiders. Lesbian, gay, so-called straight, we are family. And not long afterwards, the Church of Scotland did start appointing gay clergy. But during his hour-long sermon, which flew by, at a festival of homiletics that I have attended now for upwards of over 10 years. Archbishop Tutu shared many stories of the days of apartheid South Africa and how one of his roles during those days of struggle was to remind people of faith that all persons are endowed with infinite worth, no exceptions. And for us today, he gave examples of all people who are endowed with infinite worth, 
the clever and the not-so-clever, the rich and the poor, Osama bin Laden and George Bush. Yeah, it was a while ago that I heard this sermon. But for Father Tutu reminded us in that time and place that speaks to us now, God does not love us because we are lovable. If that were the case, he'd have to wait for the cows to come home, the archbishop said. No, God loves us because, because God chose to love us. Even before the foundations of the world were created, God chose to love us and to send, send his son to teach us how to live and love. And following the resurrection, God sent the spirit to carry forth the work of building God's beloved community, the kingdom of God on earth. Archbishop Tutu also told us that he would often say to those persons who had been wounded by racism, by bigotry, by injustice, you are a person of infinite worth whom God chooses to love. But that's not all. You are a God carrier. You stand in for God. Each of us is a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit. And he quoted St. Augustine, because you are loved by God, become who you are. So family, on this Pride Sunday, because you are loved by God, become who you are. Claim your place in the family that Jesus has redefined for us and always serve each other in the name of love because we are family. Amen. And now go this day, knowing that you are a God carrier, knowing that God loves you and proclaiming God's love for all. Go in peace now to serve and love. Amen.